You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Wednesday, so it's time for Wayne on Wednesday. Wayne McCurry is a portfolio manager at FNB Wealth and Investment in Johannesburg. And Wayne, I have to say something now that um, yeah, there are two things actually. The first thing is I spoke to our friend and associate David Shapiro last week, and he said he was quite surprised by how bearish you were when you two were on television. Uh, it was around about a week ago. That's the first thing. Yes. And we can uh, chat about that in a moment. But you'd already imparted those sort of views to me as well. Uh, the other yeah. thing is that I'm speaking to people that are not linked to giant financial institutions. And so therefore, they don't have any agenda. They they, they aren't gagged, in other words. And they're saying, mm. whether they be technical analysts, or just fundamentalists, or uh, people with gut feels, they're really worried about a really big sell off coming again, a second or even third wave of selling coming so yeah. it all sort of comes together especially with all the bankruptcies that are uh, coming almost on a daily basis correct yeah look i mean i'm not bearish longer term at all the market will fully recover the economy will fully recover it's just that in my view the the, the bounce up we've seen in the market is too much too quickly mm. in other words the market's down call it 15 percent from a high and quite frankly, 15% is nothing. You know, a market can call, can fall 15% for no reason whatsoever. And we all know for sure that there is a massive reason as to why the market should fall. So let's just talk about the economy for a minute. Okay. The economy, the economic condition worldwide and South Africa is catastrophic. It's happened so quickly. Never before has the world come to an end in one month. So you've never seen double-digit GDP yeah, gross domestic product declines in a month, ever. And by the way, that makes me actually quite happy because I think it will recover quite quickly as well. But I just think the market's done too much too soon. And certainly at this level, it's no longer a screaming buy. You know, it's not a dripping roast at, at, at this level. When the market was at 40-odd thousand, the all-share index, 38,000, that was cheap. That was properly cheap. So I think there'll be some sort of fallback uh, whether it goes to previous lows, I don't know, but there could easily be some sort of fallback. But in my view, this was always going to be a short, sharp recession and a short, sharp market fall and recovery has just been much sharper than what I even anticipated. You know, the, when you look at all of this, the total loss of economic output is probably going to be about the same as in 2008. In other words, if you multiply the negative GDPs by the number of months to get a quantum, this quantum will be about the same. It'll just happen far deeper, but of a much shorter duration. Because the economies are going to rebound strongly from this low point. And there's, there's more and more, I wouldn't call it pressure, but there's more and more a change in view worldwide and in South Africa that the economic devastation cannot continue. I mean, in South Africa, I saw there was some business forum that came out today saying we could lose 3 million jobs. Now, we only employ 8 million people. So it could go to 50%, in other words. It's definitely going to 50% in the immediate month or two. But So there's more and more uh, a switch in the view from containing the virus and flattening the curve. Because you must remember, it's not saving lives. It's just delaying the effect of the virus, all of these shutdowns. It doesn't, shutting down doesn't save lives. It just spreads the disease over a time period, which hopefully gives the 
uh, health system the ability to cope better with the virus. Mm. So merely going on lockdown doesn't mean you halve the number of deaths. The only thing that halves the number of deaths or has a fundamental effect on the number of deaths is if there's a cure, which there will be eventually. How long that takes, who knows? But and understand, a lot of people think, a lot of people are on the view that we have to do shutdown because we're saving lives. We're not saving lives. We are deferring the infection rate. We are flattening the curve. You know, having a shutdown doesn't save a single life because eventually if there's no if there's no anti if there's no cure for the virus, it will eventually affect everyone and you survive or you don't survive. I mean, that is just the reality of any viral infection. So, so what you're saying yes, is the only way it. to save lives is to get the vaccine out there and uh, all you're doing is deferring death by having a shutdown and therefore you're deferring the d- disease to mm. give the medical to give the medical system a better chance to cope so you mean you are you are ultimately saving some lives because there might be a few marginal cases that if you get the person in hospital on a ventilator they might survive whereas if there's no ventilators they might not survive but it doesn't fundamentally alter the nature of the disease. It just defers the infection rate so that the health system has the ability to cope with it. But a lot of people seem to think that if you, in other words, if you were on permanent lockdown, yeah. that no one would die. You know, the infection spreads. That's the case of a viral, that's the flu. You know, it's, it's a viral infection. So you simply, and, Right at the beginning of our lockdown, the only terminology you heard was flattening the curve. And I think that's the correct way to look at it. All of these lockdowns and all of these other actions to limit the spread of the disease just gives the system time to cope a little bit better. It's not quite the flu, Wayne. It's it's really not quite the flu. I've I've seen interviews with people. I watch a lot of uh, I watch a lot of stuff because I'm, I'm morbidly curious. I watch a lot of interviews with people that have had it, and they say it is the most horrific thing. It's like they're drowning. When you get flu, you're not drowning. When you when you get <laughs> flu, you, you, your lungs are at, uh, attacked, and your immune system gets yeah. at, so attacked as well. Few, mm, so when on. I say it's a flu, it's the same group. It's the same family of virus. Obviously, it's a lot more potent, mm. but it's the same. It's the same infection type. Yeah, it's part of the same family, in no, other words, but just a nasty. <laughs> the black sheep like, of the family. Yeah, it spreads like the flu. Mm. It's it is the black sheep of the flu family. Yeah. Okay, let's have a look at the market. Yeah, the Spanish flu was a year ago, a uh, hundred years ago. Yes, it was 1917, 1918, I think it was. And the only reason that that killed 50 million people or whatever it was is because there wasn't the communications that we had and the medical expertise that we have now. Yes. Uh, so it's, it's more or less the same thing. Um, Stock Exchange News Service today, Wayne, uh, not really much there. Uh, but uh, a couple of days ago, in fact, it was yesterday, uh, Comair. Uh, yes. filing, uh, filing for bankruptcy protection. And or this is just term. a stop. It's quite sad, isn't it? And uh, again, David yes. Shapiro, your 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 friend, uh, was quite sad about it. And I was too, because it's a great airline. Yeah, but look, what they're doing is, I, I understand what they're doing it, and, and uh, the, the, the horse racing lot in Pumalela are going to do exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. They're saying, we can sit and negotiate individually or collectively with our bankers and our creditors and our suppliers and all of this of these things, and we can try and get something together, or we just go into business rescue and we do one negotiation with everyone. So that's what, in fact, they are doing. It's the it's the 
to them, and maybe it's the right thing to them, it's the easiest way of solving this particular problem. Is we go into business rescue, we get all the creditors around the table, they all agree to the same thing, we all agree to the same thing, they either swap debt for equity or we sell it to someone else who's going to start up and then you get 50 cents or 20 cents in the rand. I think it's just, in their view, and maybe it's the right thing, in their view, it's just the best way of solving this problem because we can't pay everyone. Mm. So rather than negotiate with a hundred different people, you negotiate with everyone once. So I think we're going to see lots of smaller companies and lots of companies in the service industry, whether they're listed or not, adopting this particular preference. So this is just, just yeah. this is just bean counting and legal uh, protection. Is that what you're saying? And they will bounce yeah. back again. It's saying, guys, we can't pay everyone now. We've had no income for two months, or maybe flying now. Airlines effectively have no income for maybe three months now. And we're not going to get any income for the next four months. And even then when, when we when we allow to fly, people are still going to be apprehensive. And even if you allow to, you know, not people are not going to fly. So maybe our volumes only get back to normal in a year's time, if not longer. Mm. Then they just say, Well, yeah, it is, guys. This is this is where we are. The best route, the quickest route is we just go into business rescue and Creditors, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to take a haircut and we negotiate with everyone at the same time. Because as we stand now, we're no longer a going concern. Okay, understood. But do you think, Wayne, that there will be companies uh, that aren't of the stature and size of Comair that will will go to the wall? Because it seems to be, as yeah. I said, every single day, whether it be the United States of America, the UK high street, uh, that's Everywhere. been a trend for ages, but in, in South Africa, every single day, someone is going to go to the wall, but in a different way, not a technical way that you've just described. Yeah. I mean, they are going to be literally, I mean, I don't even know what number to put on it. I don't know whether it's 30,000 or 50,000 small little mom pop businesses, mm. little family businesses, little property development and speculation businesses, they there are a multitude that are going to go to a wall. Look, there are many processes in place, either government-driven or driven by the banks, that's going to extend lifelines to try and keep the companies going. Because you take, there's a, a little restaurant down the road from me. Yes. That I affectionately call The Dive. Because it is a bit of a dive. I love dives. Anyway, go on. Fantastic. What's yeah, it called, Wayne? Give it, give it a plug. No, I can't, I, can't, I can't put it out there because they might not take kindly to be called a dive. But oh. I go there regularly. The food is fantastic. They serve a steak and kidney pie that is delicious. Do they yeah. make it themselves they, or is that something they've taken they out of the freezer? They make it themselves. You get it, you oh, get it in that uh, – you get it in the um, – ceramic bowl you get it in your like soup bowl with yes. the crust formed over the top that they bake in the oven there it oh, is gosh. delicious and my particular preference <laughs> is you put a little bit of Worcester sauce with it it is delicious but put that aside do you put a d- 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 have, no do you, you you've started me now just before you go on to the the, the main point of the story do you yeah. put a dollop of mustard on on the side of your plate as no, well no no i'm not I'm, i've never been a big mustard fan I, i've never quite got into that unfortunately okay 
So just the Worcester okay. sauce. So, anyway, the, you've got the restaurant, right. the, the yeah, dive will They go. have a viable business. If they allow to trade and entertain people and feed people, they have a viable business. So when things return to normal, now we can debate when that is, when things return to normal, whoever owns that business will make money. They've been going for donkey's years, donkey's yeah. donkey's years. So they have a viable business, but now they've got zero turnover for four months, three months, five months, six months. They can't pay everyone. They just haven't got the money. They've got zero turnover. So either they go bankrupt and someone else buys their business because it's a viable business. It's It's not a failing business. It's not like Edcon. This is a viable business. So then the other alternative is they access the government loan guarantees, they access government this, they, they go to the banks and say, give us a chance, give us a little bit of time, give us six months, we'll pay you back over the next two years. So there are mechanisms in place to ensure that viable businesses will actually pull through because they are the underlying business is viable. But there's a lot of businesses that were marginal before this crisis that are just simply not going to make it. And of course, you can you can say, you know, you can say that the medium-sized businesses might be able to access all of these things and they might be able to talk to the banks and they might have seven or eight or ten years of history behind them to show, look, under normal conditions we make money, under normal conditions we pay all of our loans, we meet all of our obligations. You know, you may be able to negotiate something under those circumstances, but Newly started businesses or businesses that were marginal and sort of scraping along, you know, they're just simply not going to make it. So, you know, as you spoke about earlier on, there was there's there's economic devastation out there, more so in South Africa, but not unique to South Africa. I mean, America, there's 30, 35 million people who haven't got work. You know, when last did they have that? You know, double digit unemployment. I mean, I, I can't even remember, maybe in the 90s they had double-digit unemployment for a short while. So there's more and more views now. The the social view, the, the mood of the people in general is now changing, saying, look, we understand the virus, we get all of this, but the economic cost is becoming unbearable to society as a whole. So, and, and you know, we come back to the original thing. Lots of people say, no, but you can't put a value on human life. Understand these lockdowns don't save lives. It just defers the infection rate. It just flattens the curve. It's a very good point that you make. But on the other hand, there are people that are saying, well, unfortunately, the economy and uh, the collateral damage of, of lives lost if we opened up the economy uh, are, are not uh, – th- there's no quid pro quo here. Uh, so anyway. No, no, the, I hear you. Mm. But I, but I, but I mean, I mean, I'm an expert on the virus, same as you know the, so, the rest of the four yeah. billion people in the world are also experts on the virus. Mm. But as far as I understand it, lockdowns and all of this doesn't halve the death rate; it just defers the infection rate. It just slows down the infection. Now, obviously, if the healthcare system is in a better state to cope, in other words, it doesn't get this massive influx more lives will be saved because of interventions medically. But it doesn't halve the death rate. It just defers the infection rate. It flattens the curve. Yeah. Just, but as I said, just, I'm, I'm, 
I'm an I'm an expert, yeah. Yeah, we're all experts. We all watch yeah. CNN. We all watch uh, CNBC. We all watch yeah. uh, Business Day TV. We all watch everything, and suddenly we get some expert there. And if we like their view, we we adopt that view, and we it. put it out on tw- on Twitter, etc. You do, like I do, etc. Everybody is. Uh, is a sudden uh, a commentator. Uh, but just yeah. answer me this, and this is um, something that you may be able to comment upon uh, with more authority. And that is, now let's say that the dive that serves you that delicious steak and kidney pie did go under. Um, would it be able to come back, first of all? And if it didn't come under back... Under new owners, yes. And, yeah. oh, under new owners, exactly. But where are the new owners coming from? Uh, is there someone, that, is there a white knight coming and saying, you've built up the, this business Look. and uh, you, you've got this provenance and you've got this reputation, I'm going to buy it from you. Are there, though, those people, are there not predators, not vultures, no, um, not predators. opportunists yeah. out there that yes. are going to take it over and still Lindsay, serve you your Satan kidney? In the capitalistic society... Yes. If you can buy something that's profitable at a cheap price, somehow there's always money somewhere. Mm. All right. There always is. If you can say, listen, we make a hundred thousand rand profit a month, we'll sell you the business for a million rand, somehow that money is there. Because okay. it's a viable business. All right. Understand. If the money is there to be made, then the not the predators, as I said, but the opportunists and the yeah. entrepreneurs will be there uh, to mop it up. Uh, well said. Yeah, that's uh, I mean, that's where capitalism works. You know, if there's ability to make money somewhere at a very good price, somehow there's always cash available. You said earlier on short, sharp recession. I'd say long, drawn-out recession. That's what I would say. You think it's going to be short and sharp. I say it's going to be much, much, much worse than that. We had the short, sharp recession in 2008 after the, um, the, the, the property disaster in the United States, which was initiated, mm. of course, by very irresponsible. Let's, let, me, let me put it yes. that way. This time, it is not irresponsibility. It's something completely different. So it's going to be longer and more drawn out. So not uh, short it, it and sharp. It could very well be. Look, mm. I've got no doubt... Now, let's not measure the GDP percentage change. Let's just say last year, the economic base was 100. Mm. We're not getting back to 100 for three or four years. But the recovery from such a sharp, sudden fall can be quite pronounced. So that's when I say a sharp shot. We, the, the, okay. economy, the economy is going to take three or four years to get back to where it was last year. But because it's happened, let's take 2008. The economy took almost a year to hit the bottom. Yeah, we've hit the bottom in a month or two. So your recovery of that incredibly low base that's happened so quickly can be quite pronounced. But there's no ways the world's economy is getting back to where it was last year in less than three or four years. But the recovery will be quite quick because of such a... I mean, in, in, in 2008, because the slowdown was more drawn out, you know, you only had minus 5% GDP, but you had it for four quarters. Mm. Whereas yeah, you're going to get minus 15% in one quarter. So the bounce off from that level will be sharp. But I think you and I are saying the same thing, just in different terminology. Yes, of it's course. It's going to take I'm, three I'm, or four years for the world economy to recover. I'm a broadcaster. You're an, you're an investor, so we have to say different things. But essentially, we're on the same page, as they say. I spoke to again. I keep on referring to David Shapiro, but he was talking about. Have you okay, seen Have you seen Shapiro's new haircut? 
he did it himself. It's very fancy haircut. Uh, no, and I'm, I'm very pleased took, that I have the number one. You took the number one and just shaved his head. Very nice. Okay, I'll, I'll ask him to. <laughs> I'll ask him to send me a picture and I'll, I'll put it up on my website. Um, but never mind him. He, what I was going to say is about his, his, his love affair for Ferrari, and it's done very well for him and his investors over the years. Ferrari's uh, share price was up, I think, 7% uh, yesterday. And this is where I'm coming to here because I know you're a lover of cars, um, a particular type of car. Uh, is what is going on at the moment – widening the gap between the rich and the poor, do you think? In other words, um, people are still able to buy Ferraris because they've got the money to do so, and other people are not able to buy a basket of groceries because they're unable to do so. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you think that this is actually widening the gap between rich and poor? And if so, that's a terrible thing. Look, I don't know the answer to that, so let's try and tackle it in two ways. Okay. On an asset value, on an asset value, the poor have suffered less than the rich. Because the rich have got assets that have been depleted, housing prices, share prices, investment portfolios. But they're still rich. They're just less rich. Right. Okay. On an income side, the poor have suffered significantly more than the rich. In other words, the poor haven't got an asset base to deplete. And the, the income has been severely depleted. Whereas the rich have got an asset base which has been depleted quite significantly, but they're still rich. So what you're in saying other words, is the answer is they'll probably still buy Ferraris. So in other words, Maybe what you were fewer, saying is probably still buy. What you're saying is that uh, if, for example, VAT went up by two percent or income tax went up by a certain amount, the poor in whatever country it is would suffer more percentage-wise. The rich wouldn't really yes. care too much about it. It's the same principle. It's the same story. Yes. Now look, just on that particular point, I mean our commissioner of revenue, um, SARS, came out and said. Mm. They estimate, and it's still an estimate and a very rough estimate, that call it 290 billion rand of tax revenue will be lost this year. And then you add another 100 billion of extra money that they're going to spend more or less. I mean, that's almost a 400 billion hole in the tax in circumstances where our government debt is already massively high and we are full junk status. Now, unfortunately... There's only one answer to that particular equation, and that's more taxes. Mm. It, 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 it's the only answer to that particular one. There's no ways on the face of this earth that that is going up under these circumstances with the economy where it is in unemployment. Mm. There is just no ways on the face of this earth. So there's only two other taxes. And that's income tax for people in the high income brackets or and or a wealth tax. I mean, there is no way Same thing. you can even get onto some sort of sustainable debt path unless you increase taxes. Now, hopefully it will be not a permanent tax, but the, the, it, it is inconceivable to me that there won't be additional taxes. Yes, it has to happen because there's so many grandiose schemes about how we're going to pay for this and what we're going to do for everybody and uh, how to sustain or just support the economy. It has to yeah. be from the tax base, such as it is. We, we don't like what's going on, but it's fascinating, isn't it? <clears throat> yes, and we're still going to, we, we've still got to find out why. We've still got to find out how big the devastation is. We've only just got 
preliminary reports so far. So when companies truly start to report for the quarter to June or the six months to June, and when the economic statistics come out for March and April and May, we will see how big this devastation is. And, and it is truly devastation, simply because it's happened so quickly. So new car sales worldwide are down 98%, mm-hmm. for example. And I can promise you restaurant sales worldwide are down 100%. Mm. Not quite, but somewhere in that region. And quite a few people in South Africa saying, look, we can do takeaways now, but we can't make enough money doing takeaways. So not we're going to do takeaways because it will actually cost us money to open the restaurant and the kitchen, et cetera, et cetera, just to do takeaways. This is an extraordinary situation. Uh, Wayne, thank you very much for your extended time this evening. A fascinating chat. That's Wayne McCurry, Portfolio Manager at F&B Wealth and Investment in Johannesburg. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.